church. Amen. You guys ready? Man, that worship team just got me ready like crazy. Anybody else ready? All right, come on. So you have permission to get excited. You have permission to smile in church. You have permission, if you like something, to be like, man, amen. If you don't like it, just keep your mouth shut. But otherwise, no. come on, let's get after the word with God. Amen? Amen. So, hey, turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're continuing our church in the wild series because it's getting wild out there, family. In fact, last week we looked at some pretty wild scriptures in Matthew 24 um, where Jesus, roughly 2,000 years ago, he actually foretold what the world is one day going to look like just before he returns. And so, for example, he said at that time, like right before he returns, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Mm. He, he also said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Well, listen, I don't think any of us can argue with the fact that there is a deliberate turning away from the faith that is taking place right now. I mean, even many who would have called themselves Christians for a long time in their life are, are turning away or, or just refusing to commit to God. And I don't think we can argue with the fact that increase is most, or wickedness is most definitely increasing on the earth. And the love of many is growing cold. That is happening. Amen? Okay, but look, even if somehow we're not anywhere near Jesus' return, let, let's say that's still a long ways off, the truth is this world is still getting wilder and wilder by the day right now. But because these are some of the signs that Jesus mentioned that we will see before his return, and because we are seeing some of these things begin to take place with greater intensity, then listen, I don't think it's a stretch to consider that you and I very very well might be living in what we would call the end of the church age. That we're on the edge of this thing called the church age. And according to the Bible, when the church age ends, there is this really brief moment on the earth where things get really, really wild and really, really volatile. And then Jesus returns. Okay, so either way, though, listen, no matter how close we're getting, here's the truth. This world is only going to keep getting more and more wild leading up to Jesus' return, which is why Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 13, that all these wild things are going to happen. Okay, but, watch, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Okay, just look at me. You can't stand on your own. Neither can I. We need each other if we're going to stand firm. You and I need to be surrounded and supported by a tribe if we're not just going to survive, but actually thrive in this wild world. And so I just want to remind you, the whole point of this message series is God wants you relationally connected and committed to your church family. He wants you to have really, really good friends in church. I'm talking like best friends in church. 
So much so that you'd start looking at those best friends and you'd be like, man, these people are actually my family. Okay, and I really do believe that's a word from God for all of us. Okay, I made that statement last week in the message, um, but I'll just tell you, um, when I was writing last Sunday's message, I originally made that statement this way as I, I wrote it down. I, I, said, I said, we want you to be relationally connected and committed to the church family. But then last Sunday morning, before I showed up to preach, I was up early in the morning just praying and um, going over the word. And, and when I got to that point, I'm telling you, it's like God just stopped me in my tracks and goes, no, 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 no. Don't say we want you relationally connected and committed to the church. Tell them I. Tell them God wants you relationally connected and committed to the church. And so that's how I preached it. Okay, now listen. We want that real bad for you too. But I guarantee God wants it even more. Okay, listen, you being relationally connected and committed to your church family is God's plan for your life. It's his idea. In fact, it's actually even the whole point of life. It's why Jesus showed up. It's why he died and rose again so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be set free to actually be an all-in committed person in his church living in close relationship with him and his people as we help other people do the very same thing. Okay, and hey, even if this world wasn't wild right now, the church is still his plan for your life. But it is wild, family. And so his plan is for you and me to be the church in the wild. Okay, and so once more, here's the steps we want everyone to take in order to get relationally connected and committed to the church. First off, if you've never been to Connect, I mean, I know they just talked about it, but sign up for Connect. It's going to start again next Sunday. Norm's Coffee Bar. There's donuts, y'all. So boom. Right? And then you get a free dope gathering t-shirt when the whole thing's finished. And then I guarantee you'll start. You'll start making some friends in Connect. It'll begin to happen, okay? So, hey, Connect is starting again next Sunday. I would encourage you to sign up on a connection card today if you've never gone through Connect. Then after Connect, we want everyone to commit to going through what we call freedom gatherings. And then after you've gone through freedom gatherings, we want everyone to commit to being in a neighborhood gathering. Those are like our small groups here at the gathering. And so I talked in depth about neighborhood gatherings and freedom gatherings last Sunday in Listen, based on the responses that we've gotten after that message, um, I think it was probably some pretty good preaching. (laughs) Now, listen, here's what I mean. Thank you. Man, many of you have said, like, man, I want to take these steps. So thank you. I'm proud of you, okay? But if you missed that, then go back and listen to last Sunday's message. But now, for today, listen, um, I've got a burden. I want to help all of us understand what it actually means to be the church in the wild. Okay. If you and I are going to commit, then we got to know what it is we're committing to. And if the church is truly the only way to thrive in the wild, and it is, okay, then we need to know what it means to be the church together. What is it that Jesus expects from us? What does he, what does he want us to do together as his church in the wild? Okay. So you get, you guys ready? Because I'm going to go for it. 
Here we go. Here it is. Listen, what does it mean to be the church? It means you and me being disciples of Jesus together no matter what. And now look, I know for some of us, we'd say, well, that's, that's pretty obvious. Is it though? Because I'm not so sure that we always understand the together part. And I'm really not so sure that the church today, I'm going to talk about the church in general on this. I'm really not so sure that the church today understands the no matter what part. Okay, listen, so I'm not talking about Lone Ranger style church. I'm not talking about church. The number of people I've had say this to me over the years, it's just me and Jesus. I'll need the church. It's just, it's just me and Jesus. Listen to me. That's not church at all. So I'm not talking about that. No, here's what it means. Here's what church means. It means that we answer the same call from Jesus that he gave to his first disciples. And here was the call. He said, come follow me. And then they answered by saying, yes, Lord. And then they committed together to follow him, a.k.a. they committed their lives to Jesus and to living more and more like Jesus together no matter what. And listen to me, a whole bunch of no matter what's did come their way. But they faced them by standing firm together. That's the church. Listen, family, I want this to be so clear because oftentimes we, we miss this simple connection. Listen, it was Jesus' disciples who became the church. Again, I know that might sound obvious, but just, you got to make the connection. It was his disciples who became the church. And then when more and more people joined the church, there was no question of, as to whether or not they were going to be disciples of Jesus or not. And so here's a good question then. Um, if, the, if the church is made up of disciples, then we need to ask, well, what exactly is a disciple? What is a disciple of Jesus? And you know what's amazing? Like, depending on where you grew up and what church you grew up in, do you know how many different answers you can get to that question right there? It's amazing how unclear this can be. So look, if you grew up in church um, over here, you might have a different answer than somebody who grew up in a church over here. Um, if you didn't grow up in church, welcome home. So glad you're here. But for example, some church people, they might say, well, a disciple is someone who simply attends church. Some church people might say, well, a disciple is somebody who knows how to worship Jesus really well. Other people might say, a, a disciple is someone who has a lot of Bible knowledge. Like, they've got a lot of Bible education. Okay, well, while all those things might be like a component of, of what a disciple does, those things alone do not make a person a disciple. Okay, so we actually have a definition for the word disciple here at the gathering, and I'll show you in a second in the Bible where we get this definition, but we say this, that a disciple is someone who loves God, lives free, and makes disciples. 
A disciple is someone who loves God, so it means this, they've been saved by Jesus. Okay, and we could spend a whole bunch of time unpacking that, but listen to me, it is impossible for you and me to love God, to truly love him, if we won't surrender our lives to Jesus. So it's somebody who gets saved by Jesus. It's also somebody who has begun their freedom journey with Jesus, meaning they're not the same person they used to be. It's impossible to truly meet Jesus, give your life to him, and then stay the same person you've been. Like something's got to change. Bit by bit, and, and listen, there's varying degrees of how quick this can happen, but bit by bit, inevitably, people who give their lives to Jesus, like they, they start leaving their sin in the dust, and more and more, they start living like Jesus, which means more and more, they start doing the things that Jesus tells his disciples to do. They start actually getting actively involved in the process of making more disciples. Family, that's who a disciple is. Someone who loves God, lives free, and makes disciples. Okay, and so get this. I hope you're getting ahead of me. Well, that then is also what the church is supposed to be. Amen? Anybody getting excited? You guys are just, you're doing that thing where you just stare at me. Come on, you guys good? That's what the church is supposed to be. Come on, think about it. If the church is made up of disciples of Jesus, then by definition, the church is a group of disciples who gather for the sole purpose of loving God, living free, and making disciples. That's what it is. In fact, that's actually the mission statement of our church as well. Our mission then is to love God, live free, and make disciples. You see, our vision is to see our region reborn, but we are convinced that if we'll just live the mission, if we'll just be disciples as Jesus intended us to be, if we'll just love God, live free, and make disciples together, then look out, we're going to see our region reborn. Okay, so then, what does it mean to be the church in the wild? It means being committed disciples of Jesus who stand firm together no matter what we face in this wild world. You're staring at me. Smile if you're with me. Come on. And look, I, I can show you this definition in the Bible, all right? And we'll see here in, in this scripture we're about to look at, we will also see clearly that the church is God's plan for all of our lives. So if you've got your Bibles open to Luke 4, we're going to start in Luke chapter 4, okay? We're going to be in Luke chapter 4. Um, let me just give you some context, though, for what we're about to read, okay? So in Luke chapter 4... This is the very beginning of Jesus' three years of ministry leading up to him dying on the cross. Okay, the very beginning, we're going to see it. Now, in Luke chapter 3, though, just one chapter earlier, we see that Jesus goes and he gets baptized in the Jordan River. And when he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven upon him publicly. I mean, there were witnesses. They, they saw the Holy Spirit descend upon him and fill him up. And then the Spirit led Jesus into the wild 
Or you could say the wilderness where Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days straight. No food. 40 days straight as he prayed and prepared for his three-year journey to the cross and resurrection. Now at the same time, for 40 days straight, he was tempted by Satan himself, but each and every day, Jesus flexed his no muscles and said, not today, Satan, each and every day. 40 days straight. And then at the end of the 40 days, after, come on, after doing what you and I so often fail to do. After not sinning, but after resisting Satan and actually been having a vic- victory over the devil, at the end of those 40 days, at the end of 40 days of fasting, it says the angels came and tended to him. How many would like some angels to come and tend to your personal needs if you just fasted for 40 days? Pretty sure they brought him DoorDash. Talking brisket and ribs and mashed potatoes and gravy and cream corn and mac and cheese. Big old clay pot of Diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) That's what I have every time I finish a fast. Why the Diet Dr. Pepper if you're going to eat all that stuff? (laughs) They say not to drink your calories. (laughs) The other stuff's fine, right? Two of the health nuts in here got my joke there. Okay. Um, okay, but then angels tended to him, and then Jesus walked boldly back into town where all of the people were gathered together. He then opened up an Old Testament scroll to the book of Isaiah. We have the book of Isaiah in our Old Testament. He opened up to the book of Isaiah, and, and he's going to read in front of all these people. But here, here's what he does. Just like Jesus foretold what the world's going to be like when he returns. 700 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet, Isaiah, who foretold what things would be like when Jesus first arrived. Described who Jesus was, described what Jesus would say. And so here we go. In Luke 4, Luke 4 we're going to pick it up in verse 18. It's like Jesus is reading from his own biography But in doing so, listen, he's going to proclaim what he's here to do, which means he's actually going to give us the definition of a disciple, and we're also going to see the mission of the church at the same time. Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus reads from Isaiah and says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Okay, well, we know that's true because just one chapter earlier, the Holy Spirit publicly descended upon Jesus, filled him up. Okay, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because because he has anointed me. Here we go. Here's why Jesus showed up. To proclaim good news to the poor. And listen carefully. Okay, that's another way of saying to share the gospel message or the good news of what God has done for us or what Jesus has done for us with people who are spiritually bankrupt. That's what that, the poor right there means. And listen, man, all of us, before we give our lives to Jesus, we are spiritually bankrupt. Amen? Come on, we, the Bible says we were dead spiritually, but then Jesus makes us alive when we, when we trust in, commit to, 
and rely upon Jesus and what he's done for us. Family, proclaiming the good news is called helping other people love God by telling them about how much God loves them and what it is that Jesus has done for them. Okay, but Jesus isn't finished because, listen to me, he didn't come just to get us saved. Thank God. And listen to me, I'm not making light of salvation. It's a big deal. We all need it. But thank God he didn't stop there. Okay, so he says he, the Holy Spirit, has, has, also, has also sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Are you seeing this? Because, man, we got to get this. This is so important to understand. Jesus didn't come to just get us saved. He also came to proclaim freedom, or you could say to proclaim the truth so that you and I can get healed up from all the sins and wounds of our past as we have the blinders taken off of our lives from all the lies that we have believed so therefore we can be set free from the oppression we've all lived under from those things. Listen, family, did you know that it's possible for you and me to be saved and still be locked up? by our sins and by the wounds of our yesterdays and by the lies that we've been told our entire lives that we're still living according to? Okay, I've got personal experience with that. With giving my life to Jesus and then, I mean, why, why isn't this changing? And why do I keep doing this? And why am I going back to this? And it's because we need freedom too. Listen, so here's the thing. We can't just get people saved and leave them there. I love this. Pastor Greg says this all the time. He goes, that would be mean. You just get people saved and then you just leave them there? No, we have to help people get set free as well. We have to, we have to equip, equip each other and walk beside each other. Listen, and, and, and sometimes you can get free like that from some things. But I guarantee you, each one of us will have an ongoing freedom journey. But, but we've got to be equipped to, to go on the journey with Jesus. And so here's what that means. It means that if we're going to lead other people to get free, then we ourselves have to get free. How I many know it's really hard to lead somebody someplace you've never been? Okay, so listen, yes, Jesus wants us saved. Obviously, we want you saved too. Okay, but he also wants us set free so that we're free to commit. Free to commit to being all in with him and his mission. Free to commit to, to our church family, to living in close relationship with Jesus and our church family. Free to be a disciple of Jesus who, who gathers with the church family for the sole purpose of loving God, living free, and making disciples. It's the whole point of life. You've been saved for a purpose. And that is the purpose. Because in fact, watch this last statement Jesus reads right here. Because right here, listen, here's the point. Or, or, rather, here's the church and the mission of the church all in one simple verse. So, Jesus has been saying that the Holy Spirit has anointed him to, to proclaim the good news, to proclaim freedom, 
But watch this, verse 19, to also, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen to me, the year of the Lord's favor. Here's another way of saying that. He showed up to proclaim back then that the church age is upon us right now. That's what the year of the, Lord favor, the Lord's favor is. It's the church age, family. He's saying, he showed up to proclaim, listen, 2,000 years ago that men were, the church is about to be birthed. He came with the, the birth announcement that the gates of heaven are wide open and everyone is welcomed in now. That God's favor is available. That, that, and that the recipients of God's favor, the church is getting started, that the day of salvation has arrived. This is why the Bible says, family, that the day of salvation is now. The day of salvation is today. Because you need to know there is a day coming when it will no longer be the age or the year or the day of salvation anymore. And those people who refuse to commit to him, who continue to rebel against him, or those people who, who deliberately turn away from him, they will be removed. And this whole planet will be taken back by God for him and his people to live in together forevermore when Jesus returns. So that right there, that statement, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, Jesus is saying, I showed up to announce that it's time to make disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples and grow the church to the end of the earth until the day I return again. The church age is upon us right now. And so, did, did you see it? Well, Jesus just told us right there in those verses, what it means to be a disciple and therefore what it means to be the church. We are here now to commit our lives to Jesus, to get free in Jesus. And then with our lives, we are here to proclaim to everyone that grace and forgiveness of sins is available now for each and every person through Jesus if they'll also commit their lives to Jesus. Tanya, it's the whole point of life. I'm going to invite Jordan to make his way out here and play some keys for us or play guitar or whatever he's doing this morning with all of his talents. <laughs> Listen to me. Have you ever wondered about these things before? Have you ever wondered about the point of your life? Especially as things just keep getting more and more wild. What about this? Come on, have you ever wondered what the outcome of your life will end up being? I don't want to depress anybody, but we're all going to die. (laughs) 
I do want to excite you, though. Jesus is coming back. Have you ever wondered what the outcome of your life will be when either of those two things comes to pass? I think about those things a lot. And so I really am here to proclaim good news. Um, we have the answer to both of those questions, to both of those things. What's the point of your life? Is to be the church. What is the intended outcome of your life supposed to be? It's you having been an all-in committed disciple of Jesus living in close relationship with, with him and his family. And, and if we're talking about the outcome, then we're talking about the end. And as you get to the end, then you're looking around and a whole bunch of the people that are your family are a whole bunch of people you helped become a part of the family of God. God's intended outcome for all of our lives. But I know this, even as I say that, I know that there are some of us and um, man, we might just be thinking right here, the, the wheels might be turning and we're like, but Pastor Brandon, is that really? Is that really it? Is that really all there is? Like just be in the church and, and, and being a part of the family and helping other people? Surely there's more than that. Okay, listen, if you're wondering about those things, and I'm going to just say all this with grace, um, I, would, I, would, I would venture to say either you still have some misconceptions about what the church really is, or listen, with grace, this is going to be strong, but maybe you have never yet fully tried church Jesus' way. Maybe you've never yet fully committed your life to the church as Jesus would have you. And therefore, you've never yet fully understood that this is truly relationship with Jesus and his family, that this is truly where fulfillment in life is really found. So many people have misunderstandings about what the church really is. Come on, especially today. So many people think that church is just, oh, I, you know, I go every once in a while on a Sunday morning and there's other people there and we get personal encouragement. That's not the church. I don't, I don't have this in my notes, but I'm just thinking, um, we have had a lot of people over the years. You know, we want you to take steps like neighborhood gathering and, and freedom gatherings. I will say, we've had a lot of people um, say, man, I want to be a part of those things, like sign up for those things. And we've had a lot of people that said, I want to be a part of those things who never actually made a commitment to those things. And I say this with lots of grace, but... I know many of them are still out there trying to find fulfillment because they 
never actually made the commitment to finding it in the church. On the other hand, we've, we've got a lot of people that did make a commitment, went all in, relationally connected, relationally committed. And again, none of us would say we've got it all figured out and we've hurt each other's feelings. Man, but many of us have also become best friends. Many of us would also say, man, we're, we're family now. And yeah, man, this might happen or that might happen, but man, we just keep loving each other. We keep going after what Jesus has for us because we're committed. Because we keep finding more and more fulfillment in him and in the family of God as we keep helping more and more find their fulfillment in him and the family of God. That's the church. Listen, the church is the family of God. The church is disciples of Jesus gathered together for the sole purpose of loving God, living free, and making disciples. It's people sold out to Jesus above all else, no matter what, no matter what comes their way, and typically lots of things come our way. But even if you never make a commitment, lots of things are going to keep coming your way. And so you can, either, you can either try to stand on your own as things come your way, or you can gather with the church family. You can get in connected and committed relationship, and you can begin to stand firm. You can thrive. But I can understand that. Listen, I can understand um, not understanding what church really is. I can understand not wanting to make a commitment to the church. I grew up in church my whole life. First 24 years of my life, I would have told you I was a Christian. I had no idea what my purpose in life was. I had no understanding that fulfillment was to be found in the church. And I had no desire, therefore, let's, I'll just be honest, I thought the church was boring. I had no desire to commit my life to the church. But then after two Sundays, of, of a friend invited me. He said, you got to come to this church with me. At the age of 24, after two Sundays of showing up, all of a sudden I began to realize, I need this. I found myself, for the first time that I was ever aware, I found myself surrounded by a large group of people, and the commitment was obvious. I mean, the passion was tangible. The joy was real. The presence of God in the room was something that you could actually feel. I just remember, like, I've never felt this before. And after two Sundays of experiencing that, I realized, I need this. This is what my soul has been craving all along. I need to be all in with these people. i got to be in the church. But, but here's what I knew. Man, if I'm going to be in the church, then I need to make an all-in commitment to Jesus. And so I got down on my knees on that second Sunday that I'd ever gone to this church. I got down on my knees, and for the first time in my life, I prayed. And actually, and listen, I had prayed many times, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Will you come into my heart? I had never prayed this before, though. I got down on my knees that day, and I said, Lord Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life. I'm making a commitment today to follow you from here on out no matter what. And I got up off the floor different that day. There's a long ways to go in the freedom journey at that point. That was the day of salvation. But I'm telling you, man, I, even when I got up off the floor, I was not the same person I had been before I prayed. 
And I, and I say, no matter what, I'll follow you no matter what. Have I, have I sinned? Obviously, I have. Have I done things like, well, Jesus is like, come on, let's do this. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to do, do that. Have I done that? Yes. Okay, but what does no matter what mean? It means repentance. It means, I'm gonna, man, I've been going this way, but God, I made a commitment to you. And so no matter what I face, no matter the choices, no, I've got to turn around because I made a commitment. I made a decision on that day that I'm following you no matter what. Best decision of my life. And then I showed up and I started taking steps that the church had for me, for all of us. And within no time, I started to find myself surrounded by a family, supported by a tribe. The freedom journey was beginning. Found myself in relationship with, with friends like I'd never had before, people that truly cared about my life. And it wasn't long, even though there was still a long ways to go in the freedom journey, it wasn't long before I found myself also being somebody who could support others in the tribe. God started using me too. I found, I found myself in the process of helping make more disciples. And I'm telling you, fulfillment began to fill me up. Family, the whole point of this series is that God wants you relationally connected and committed to your church family because he really, really, really wants you to be his church. And as you take steps to get connected, as you, as you, as you take steps to commit, as you go through freedom gatherings and then commit to be in a neighborhood gathering, I'm telling you, you will find yourself surrounded and supported by a tribe of people. You will even begin to find yourself offering support to others. You'll even find yourself with a group of people who begins to reach out to others. And you'll discover that you are playing a part in making disciples. And you'll find yourself bit by bit more and more fulfilled. Listen, is, is life not all about relationship? I mean, at the end of the day, think about all the things that we strive after, all the things that we're trying for. I mean, you may, maybe you're like, man, I'm trying to get so much money. Like, that's a big thing, you know, America. We're just trying to get more money. Why are we trying to get more money? Okay, yeah, so we can feel comfortable, but so also, how, isn't half of it so we can impress other people and maybe they'll like us even more? All the things that we strive for, at some point you can connect them to, I'm trying to get something from somebody. I'm trying to get them to like me or be in relationship with me. I'm trying to get some sort of void filled in here through a relationship with a person, somebody that will love me. There's no other place you're going to find it than in Jesus and a commitment to his family. We want you relationally connected and committed to the family of God. Man, we want you to discover, and I'm saying we, God wants you to discover what it is to love God, live free, and make more disciples. Think about this. It's the, it's the point of life. The church and the mission of Jesus being in relationship with him and his church family, it's the point of life. What happens if you keep missing out on the whole point of life? Here's what's gonna happen. Your life's only going to continue to get more and more wild or more and more hurt 
more and more wounded, more and more isolated as you keep trying to find your fulfillment in everything that's not Jesus and his church. But also think about this. What's going to happen to your world if they keep missing out on the whole point of life? What happens if the people that Jesus wants to use you to lead to relationship with him, if they keep missing out on the whole point of life? Their lives are only going to get more and more wild or more and more hurt or more and more wounded or more and more isolated as they keep trying to find their fulfillment in everything that's not Jesus and his church. Amen. So family, Jesus is calling you and me to follow him and be the church in the wild together. Come on, Luke 4, 18 through 19, one more time. Come on, this is a disciple. This is the mission. Think about this. We give our lives to Jesus and by his grace, and he wants to fill our lives with the Holy Spirit. Why does he want to fill our lives with the Holy Spirit? Same reason he filled Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I've got good news. The church age might be drawing to a close as we speak, but the year of the Lord's favor is not over yet. Today is still the day of salvation. Today is still the day where you and I can get free in Jesus. Today is the day where you and I can still start playing our part and making more disciples. Today is still the day where you and I can begin to live out the whole entire point of life. We can love God, live free, make disciples. We can be the church together in this wild world. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray together.